Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid BJ Armstrong. And BJ, it is summer league season. How you feeling? Both of us have decided not to go to Las Vegas. We're going to stay safe, watch from a distance. But what have you seen so far? Action started on Sunday. We got a lot of talking points, but you and I are going to talk about the basketball. It seems like we got a lot of other things being discussed. But as always on Pushing Through, we talk about the hoops. Yeah, it's it's been interesting to watch summer league from where it came what it used to be to what it is now. It's yes. an event now. It's mm-hmm. it's it's content. It's a part of the NBA calendar. It's part of yeah. the NBA calendar. It's part of the fan experience. Yep. People talk about summer league in the same way they talk about the regular season of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I don't want to be the one to tell you what it is. It's summer league. There's levels to this. <laughs> levels to the shit, young boy. <laughs> okay. It's they have 10 fouls. I mean, this is basically yeah, these aren't pickup. the yes. regular season referees. <laughs> <laughs> these aren't the regular season coaches. Uh huh. These are, you know, 90% of those players will, won't be in the NBA. Okay. And for the most part, it's the NBA Summer League, but somehow the Summer League now is part of the, the circus. It's, it's, yeah, it's it, part it, of. It's the conversation. I'm not going to call it a circus. I'm not ready to go there yet, but it's part of the conversation. And I'm trying to be just as excited about Summer League. You know, like. You're trying to figure it out. You're asking me. You're like, what's, yeah, what's going, going on, on? Like, there? I, mean, it, I, I, I remember, you know, uh, you know, Tate, for better or for worse, you know, it's hard for me to watch Summer League because I was like, wow, when I played in Summer League and I scored 25, 30 points. The first thing the coach nobody was covering. The first it. thing the coach yeah. told me was like, you know, who cares? <laughs> no, seriously, I scored like thirty points in the summer league. I'm feeling really good about myself. I played summer league Tate out in um, at the time it was in California. It's kind of been all over the country, but yeah, was it in Long Beach at this no, time? It wasn't in Long Beach. It was at LMU Loyola Marymount. Oh, yeah, nice. Loyola Marymount. Wow. Right? And uh, stayed in the marina at the at the beautiful oh, at the beautiful Marriott. You know, this oh. this was. This is pre, you know, now these guys stay in the best of the best, you know, the Marriott, yeah, right? The you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you had to walk over to like Denny's <laughs> to like get your breakfast, stuff like that, you know, but that's another conversation, you know, <laughs> you know, hey, we had to go to the laundromat to wash our uniforms, you know, oh, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? To, that sounds like, that sounds like my, hey, you know, uh, you know that's, another, that's another yeah. story and another <laughs> conversation. Okay. So after I come from the laundromat from washing my uniform to play in a summer league game, yep. I play and, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. Like. You know, I score like 30 something, you know, I'm feeling good. And the coaches are like, you're supposed to do that, mm. but it's a summer league. Who cares? Because you're not good. Yeah, don't get excited. Because you're not going to yeah. do that when the season starts, because <laughs> that's not what that's not what we are paying you to do. Tate, mm-hmm. I had a coach tell me that there's no reason for me to score over 15 points in a summer league game because... If I was scoring more than 15 points in a regular season game, that probably meant we weren't good. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so I was being Again, chastised. It, it, and you're going up to join a team with Michael Jordan. So that, I, that's well, he why. didn't use yeah. any names, but I got the memo tape and I read the memo and I realized exactly what was going on. So you're like, if you're taking too many shots, you might so get traded. They, that's what they were trying like, to say you know, to you. I yeah. felt, you know, like, okay, I play in the regular season and I knew I wasn't going to get a chance to shoot. So I was like, I get a chance to shoot in the, in the summer league. Yep. And the coach, like the first thing, we win the game. I score points. I got like, you know, eight and nine or six. I'm feeling good about myself taking the guy goes. Who was your coach? Tex well, Winter? Who, who was the coach? I, you know, like, God bless him. God bless these coaches. He goes, <laughs> I don't need you to do that. He goes, what the hell are you doing? BJ, what are you doing? That's not how we play. Where did you, <laughs> like, like who are you? Like, we're, we're here to win games. So Tate, yeah. he made it his job to make sure that I didn't score over double figures for the rest of the summer league. So I was playing not only against the other team, I was playing against my own coaches. Because they were like, yeah, that's not even go down that path. We can't win with you scoring 15, <laughs> 20 points. Who needs that? <laughs> if you did that, that means we're, we're going to get fired. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, T, to watch these guys play now, it's like. You're and, 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 you, you, you got it. You got to get at least and, 20 and, points or people start and saying I, you're And I want to say this, yeah. T. I want to say this. And, I, and one of the things that is amazing to me to watch now. And I get why they are not coaching. The head coaches used to coach in the summer league. Wow. So Phil Jackson was your coach Tate, in summer league? The head coaches wow. coached in the summer league. That's, that, that's more interesting. Tate, now Larry I would be Brown watching. and these guys were actually coaching in the <laughs> summer league. I, LB would love the summer uh, league. These guys were all coaching in the summer yeah. league. So... Watching the summer league now, Tate, I'm like, what's going on? These guys were actually. It it, it has more of an AAU showcase. I'm I'm, I'm not ready to go there yet, Tate. I'm just trying to figure (laughs) out in my middle age what is going on here so that I can understand (laughs) what's going on. That's why we have this conversation. So to answer your question, you know, I'm trying to figure summer league out like everyone else. Yeah. It's exciting. I'm trying to get to the excitement. Because when I came to Summer League as a player, but I know it was a different era, it was like a continuation of what my role was going to be once the season started. They didn't care if I could score 30 points in the Summer League. like, it's a Summer League game. Who cares? <laughs> like, <laughs> your job is to do your job. Yeah. Yes. And we're, and we're trying to get you prepared for you and to do that job. And anything outside of giving us yeah. an opportunity to win games. It was a no, no, no. Yeah. So, but let's sit back and enjoy talking about the summer league. And I just thought I would share that story to you because I knew that would make you laugh. No, it's a good story. I was chastised. So watching the players come down and shoot threes and have fun, I'm going, (laughs) that's a part of my life. Hey. What a messed up, ch- what a messed up childhood I had, Tate. <laughs> yeah, I know you're getting upset. You're like, I wish I could have done that. Well, can, can we talk about the middle child? You know, J Cole has the song, the middle child. He's kind of in between these two generations. Yes. I think Derrick Rose in 2008. You talk about your summer league experience, then Derrick Rose in Orlando in 2008, and then what we see in 2021. When I remember when Derrick went to you know to summer league, he's fresh off taking Memphis to the national championship. He's the number one pick. All eyes are on him. But I remember the only time that you could watch it was if you were watching Sports Center, you'd see like a, a two minute highlight reel of what Derek did in that specific game, and they'd show you the stats, and that was it. But we couldn't watch the full 
Summer League, and you were obviously there with Derek. So what what was it like just from 2008 until 2020-2021? Because it did seem more behind closed doors, if that makes any sense, just, just a decade ago. And now I feel like everything, like you said, is out there, and you're already getting judged based on... I remember Trey Young, after his first Summer, summer League game, people said he was a bust. I mean, well, you know, that, that that's the world we live in The best in way I can put it, Tate, is, is the following is... You know, I, I, I try to remain true to the sport in every yeah. sense of the word, right? I try to advance with the game. I try to... The true school. Yeah, the, the true school of the game. Like, I don't care what area you mm-hmm. played in. Like, if you're great, you're great. It doesn't matter. If you're a great coach, you're a great coach. It doesn't matter if, if you did it in the 60s, the 50s, or you're doing it currently now. You're, you're great at what you do. And I try to admire that and, and acknowledge that. The thing that's very obvious to me now with watching the game is I don't think the game is any better now than it was back then. And I don't think the game back then is any better than it is now. But the 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 major difference that I see in the game is the coaching of the game. I don't think the mm. I don't think the coaches of the game were better then than they are now. But I will say this, the way the game is coached is totally different now because the demands of the players that are playing the game and the demands of the coaches and what they, how they coach the players back then is totally different. And you see the difference in the international play. You see the difference. You see the international game is coached better. The strategy of the international game in my humble opinion, is far superior now than the NBA game. That's the difference. The mm-hmm. players aren't better. No, no, no. Now we're not talking about the, skill. The players, we're talking about the actual game the, the, play. The players yeah. aren't better, but mm-hmm. the way the game is coached is superior. The strategy of the game in the international basketball is far. It's it's far more sophisticated. Like they actually yeah, have exactly. strategy. That's the, that's the right word. Sophisticated. It's more yeah. sophisticated. It's not screen roll and yes, ISO. The way the game you're actually saying, oh wow, these guys, they're 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 they are more sophisticated in saying, we're gonna play as a group. We're gonna highlight our best players, but the best player mm-hmm. has to integrate his talent with the group and vice versa. And we're going to figure out a way to have strategy to win this game. It's just not gonna be, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get mine. I'm going to play ISO. I'm going to play screen roll. And <laughs> and I hope you get yours too. So if we both get ours, yes, we win. Yes. Yeah. So the sophistication of the game is far superior now in international play. It's much more mm-hmm. intriguing. Like I was intrigued in how Australia played. France played yeah. with two seven footers. You don't even see seven footers playing. They, were, they weren't <laughs> just like tall seven footers. They were actually mm-hmm. centers. And they were effective. Two bigs. Yep. They were effective playing against the best players in the world. And we are a league now where we just straight, straight small ball. <laughs> Switch we everything. just started putting the bigs back into the game this past year. By popular demand, because, I mean, you had to have them. We saw it in the finals. We saw it in, throughout the playoffs. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with you, Tate. So I just think that is... Something I wanted to point out as you're watching Summer League, the simplicity of the way the game is coached now is beginning to bother me. Mm. 
Well, and, and and then at some point, we, you know, we talked about this. We're going to talk about championship basketball. So championship basketball, you're going to have to have strategy. You're going to have to be able to blend into a game and figure out what works in a certain game and run certain strategies against a certain team, whatever it may be. If you're playing for an Eric Spolstra at that kind of level or Ty Lue or Nate McMillan, any of these coaches. So if you're in summer league, you you almost it's it doesn't help if you're not getting prepared for that level of basketball because that's what you want for these guys at the end of the day. So if they aren't, you know, getting finding their footing by playing this certain style, when it gets to championship level basketball, they won't be prepared, and that's that's not doing anybody justice. So that that that's sort of the conversation at large. And then when we go to international play and we don't know how to play basketball, <laughs> that's a reflection on us as well, and it, it comes down to teaching and coaching. More so than the town of the players. Well, yes, yes, you're 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 correct, and it's not that we don't know how to play basketball. No, we do, we do. I'm just saying we have so much individual talent that it 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 we it we don't a, it's we almost, our coaches now aren't demanding that we play team basketball. Mm-hmm. It used to be Tate. It used to be where you had to play team basketball. And that's what makes the playoffs great is because you just can't win a seven game series by yourself. At some point, Nobody yeah, no can. one can. You have to integrate. That's why playoff basketball, it always comes back. This is why mm-hmm. I said, to remember at the beginning of the season, I said, I'm really intrigued with the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> because this is the first time. That you told me they could break basketball. They could break. They, it, they, it, it, they could really start a new trend in saying, mm-hmm. we're just going to outscore the other team because the game has always remained the same. You got to defend, you have to rebound, and you have to share the ball. That's the core of basketball. The Brooklyn Nets, I was like, they have enough firepower where maybe, just maybe, they could win the game yeah. and bypass the principles yeah. of the game. Since the beginning of time. If KD has 40, Kyrie 20, has 40, and James Harden has 20, 20 and 20. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, they were intrigued. I was intrigued. I was like, mm-hmm. hey, man. They, because they weren't going to be a good defensive team because they hadn't practiced enough. And they didn't have the makeup. They were starting like, what's the kid's name? I always forget his name. Brown. Bruce Brown. Yeah, they were starting Bruce Brown and these guys yeah. at the power forward position. They were doing, you know... Jeff Green and Blake Griffin. Yeah, they were just doing things in a very unconventional way. And I was like, maybe this is the new era when it's going to be ushered in. And we're going to say how basketball used to be stopped in 2021. Now here we are. We're into a new era. Mm. But as you went through, the game always comes back to the game. I think playing team basketball is something that you just don't see, and you're not seeing it at all in summer league. Mm-hmm. As a young player, I tried to do that, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, I tried to do that in the 80s, and I was quickly reminded <laughs> that's not how you play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Politely. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a few choice words in there. Before I could even feel good about myself, I was reminded, no, this is a dress rehearsal because we got to win games in the fall and we're not going to win games like this. 
So let's not. Yeah, even- you're playing around right now. Yeah. And that and that and that's kind of what it but is. But that's coaching. I mean, some, and this yeah. is what I'm watching right now. I'm saying to myself, what we saw in the finals and what we saw in the first two days of summer league, it doesn't resemble it's not the same it's game. It's not the same game. Mm-hmm. It's not that like if I'm a guard today, I'm trying to imitate Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Which Davion Mitchell is one of those guys where I was like, oh, this guy looks like he's he he okay. knows that defense is his thing. I'm trying yeah. if I'm if I'm coaching a young guard like a Jalen Sucks, who by, by the way, he was terrific yesterday. Yeah, game winning okay. block, game saving block. I'm trying to instill as many positive habits in him as I possibly can because you you're you you can see that this kid has special talent mm-hmm. and natural yeah. talent. Natural Evan Mobley, you're going, oh wow, like yes, he, and and he like, bounced back that first half against yeah, Singoon. That I, I was a good to, matchup. Like, and if, then he, if if I'm if I'm with an Evan Mobley, I'm going. The first thing I would have done is I'm trying to get him to play with the best guards I can possibly can because my creativity with a player like him, I go, I can pick and pop, I can pick pick and roll i can put him in the post i can put him in mm. i can i can put him in transition i can run plays for him more importantly he's a shot blocker i can extend my defense i want to see what this guy's impact could be on the game like i'm watching the game and the first thing when i was watching evan mobley i would go if i was with a kid like evan mobley and that, but again, I'm just going back to experimenting because mm-hmm. I use summer league as experiment. I want to see how good this kid could be at shot blocking, at rim protecting. So I would extend my defense, especially after every free throw made. We're going to get to the free throw line because I'm going to run a two-two-one with him in the back. I just want to see if the guy has the ability to shot block. I think about this. Mm-hmm. If you got a bike and Google block three or four. It's basically like putting a corner on an island. Let's see if he can protect. If yeah, he can block he can three or four shots, I'm not worried about him falling out. Mm-hmm. You got 10 fouls. I have an eight second shot. I mean, uh, get the ball over half court. You're talking about a, a massive advantage. Why am I not doing this and experimenting with him? Because you had not have one shot blocker. You have another shot blocker that you just signed. For a hundred million dollars, yeah, Jared, Jared Allen. Allen. Why aren't we experimenting with these young kids so that we can know once the season start, this is what we got? Like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying, I, I'm just like. And then, you, if you're the Cleveland, you're thinking to yourself, we never have a drop off from our starting center, center to just, our backup center. We have rim protection throughout. You the can entire literally game. have six to eight to ten block shots a night with these mm-hmm. guys. And maybe more on a special. You have, a, you have some nice guards. Yep. And now you're establishing an identity to these guys mature and fit. And I like Okoro on the wing. I mean, I, I the, think he looks solid. This is what Summer League used to be like, where you were trying mm-hmm. to figure out what we can do that will translate. But watching guys come down and do step backs and... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think America's enamored with Jalen Green, which he was impressive. I mean, it is impressive you know, basketball. I, I'm going like to say this said. about Jalen Green. I want to say this here. I want to say this very quickly. Jalen Green is a very interesting player. 
<laughs> yes, he is. Okay. He has confidence. Okay. That's for sure. And that's a key word. Young man has confidence. If you think you're good, you might just be good. Mm-hmm. He believes yeah, it. There's yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. If you yeah. think you're good. We, we talked about who thinks they want to be the who well, thinks they're supposed to be the number one pick. Okay. That kid Jaylen, does. Say what you want to <laughs> say. Unofficially, Jalen Green was the number one pick. Yeah. Officially, he wasn't, but unofficially, because it's clear to me, he thinks he's the best player on the floor. Now. Absolutely. He's a very elusive athlete. He's elusive in the same way when I first saw Allen Iverson. And I don't like comparing, but when I saw him, I was like, oh. He has a different energy level that he brings to the game. Mm-hmm. Jalen Green is a very elusive athlete. Everyone else is going about 55, 65. He's going about 75 to 95. Mm-hmm. And it looks easy. I mean, it's kind of now, effortless. Yeah. It's- he likes to play basketball, too. <laughs> you, you could tell that. You could tell immediately if you called him up and said, hey, Jalen, there's a run going. He's like, wait a minute. Now, I don't know what his discipline and what he does. I don't know him. But you could clearly see that he likes to play basketball. He has a chance, Tate. Tate. He has a real chance. That, that, when I watched him versus Mobley, the, the Cavs-Houston game, I said to myself, this feels like the number one pick versus the number two it, pick. It, this, kid, this kid has a chance, and he's a competitor. Now, mm-hmm. I don't... I don't like comparing players, but for your generation, I want to be able to speak. He reminds me of a bigger version, a taller version of like AI. I now, does he have the same handles and stuff as AI? No. But he's a very elusive athlete. That's what I mean, like AI. Like AI was like, he was only like five, well, let's say he was six feet, you know, for the sake. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. But he was very elusive. Yeah, he could get to any he spot. He could get I mean, to he's spots. Kind of, he's, it's like he's juking you on a he, basketball This court, kid yeah. is elusive. Like, mm-hmm. he's running around and you're going, like, you can't touch him. It's like, you know, like, yeah, you know, like, you want to get exactly. a good hit like on him. If he's playing two hand touch football, you're like, oh, that's not somebody I want to match yeah, up with one yeah. on one, you know? He's interesting <laughs> to me. He he uh-huh. is going to average 20 plus in this league. If he averaged 30, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised because he's an elusive enough athlete to do it. Very interesting player. Now, I haven't seen him enough. I don't know him. But what I will say, he looks like he's going to be pretty good, though. Yeah, he does. He looks like, and I like the fact that, and every player knows this Tate, and they should know it here. Tate won't say it, but Tate believes he's the best. Mm -hmm. BJ believes he's the best. We may not say it in the same way as a Jalen Green. Jalen Green believes he's the best. He's going to let you know and tell you he's the best. <laughs> and the thing I really love about him as a young player, he's going out there trying to prove he's the best. Mm-hmm. I think this kid has a real chance. I'm interested to see how he matches up with other, posi- other players at his position. Because yeah. right now, Tate, he looks like, he could carry the tradition of a of a real two guard by putting that ball in the basket. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, he, you know, he's the perfect kind of follow up back to James Harden, you know what I mean? In Houston, for fans that are used to that sort of, you know, Euro step ability to you know, create space and get open and take those step backs. I mean, Jalen Green has the full package as far as that. And, you know, I think Monty Williams had a great saying, you know, well done is better than well said. Yes. And uh, I think Jalen Green 
can do both of those. He can yeah. say it and he can yeah. do Jaylen it. Green. So Jalen Green. That might even be the I, best. I, I, I got to give him. <laughs> he thinks he's the best. I He passed the eye test for me. I like him. Yes. You know, yes. I like his energy. I, do I like his smile. He, he, he And he he brings it on the court. Like, he brings it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't wait to watch him play against, like, Russell Westbrook. I just yeah. Well, he's playing. He's playing Cade tonight. That's the game. It's the one versus two. I tonight. would not be surprised if he guards Cade and Cade guards him. Mm-hmm. But Jalen Green is going yeah. to show up at that run, and Jalen Green <laughs> against Anthony Edwards is going to be fun for me. Yeah, that's a good matchup. Jalen Green versus James Harden is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Jalen Green is against John Morant is going to be fun. Jalen Green is going to try LeBron James. Like he's just, he seems like the guy. He's going to be like everyone else is a fan of LeBron. Yeah, but, he waves off somebody and tries is to like, guard him himself. No, yeah. I would try this. He seems like that type of guy to me. You know, in a good way though. In no, a I respectful know. That's what I mean. way. I, I you like know what it. I mean? I, I like yeah. I, I I like him and good energy. And I, I'm excited to watch the game today. I would be shocked if he mm. doesn't come out and guard Cade. I would be shocked. Yeah. And Cade, to me, I just want to say this, because we're talking about Summer League. I mean, Jalen Green, as far as the flashiness of his game, of course that pops out on the screen for a lot of people at home. They say this guy looks so much better and yada, yada, yada. But Cade is trying, in my opinion, the Pistons are trying to play team basketball, and Cade is trying to fit into that team, you know, and and Sadiq Bey is their best player. You know, if you're going to do like a team structure... Sadiq Bey is their best player that they have on the team, and that's how it's kind of built. This is what I liked about this is what I liked about the Pistons and how they introduced Cade to Summer League. Without questioning, Cade is a terrific, terrific player. Without question. Yes. Okay. Cade, right now, if I put the ball in his hand and say, go out in the Summer League, he can get you 20 easy, blindfolded. he's, He's skilled enough. But you know what I love about what they did with K is they forced him to play without the ball in his first summer mm-hmm. league game. They forced him. That's why he was getting spot up shots and things like that. People were like, why are you taking shot. spot up threes? He's like, because he doesn't have the ball. They, in his they hand. are forcing him <laughs> to figure out how to integrate your talent in the NBA game. Let's figure out what you can mm-hmm. do. You're 6'6". Six, six. Let's, let's figure out, can you actually play the two? Can you? Yeah. Let, can dude. you play the two? Can you play the can three? Play the can two? we slide you down? Okay. Yeah. We yeah. already know that we can put you at the one because that's what you do. That's where you're most comfortable. <laughs> uh-huh. But I like the fact that they're forcing him to be uncomfortable. Because at some point during the summer league, they're just going to give him the ball and turn him loose, maybe in game three or four. You know, it's kind of like you hold him back. It's like, you know, you, it's like you're, you're, you're riding in the Kentucky Derby and you're just holding the reins back. You don't want to let him mm-hmm. run yet. Mm-hmm. And this is what watching game one when I was watching Kate, because you're like, that's not the Kate that we saw at Oklahoma State. That guy had the ball that's what all the time. Yeah. And Kate, once he finally does get the ball, he's going to be so excited and hyped up that he's going to be on one because he's going to have that chip on his shoulder, probably. Because like you said, he's playing, they're, they're testing him. They're trying to see where he fits see in. See where he fits in. But possession. more importantly, yeah. it's always great. It's always great. You know, I, I'm always reminded of how you become great. You become great because the discipline and the coaching forces you to figure out how to integrate yourself with the team. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're a North Carolina guy. And Michael Jordan didn't average over 20 points at the University of North Carolina. Think about that. Dean Smith, baby. Think about that. <laughs> I mean, but and then you also think about who was on his team. I mean, Sam Perkins, Brad Darty, who's also a number you one. You can put anybody on his team. Michael Jordan just scored 30 points any, anywhere. Any, uh, <laughs> okay. But what I love is that in game one with, with Cade, he was being coached. And I like it when kids are coachable because it says something about you. It says something about your character, but more importantly, it says about the growth that could be in your game. Now, K didn't have like these massive numbers. Yeah, he had like 12 points though. I but mean, the yeah. fact that he was being coached, I thought very productive because Summer League is about development. I didn't want to hear, and that's why I started to show off with, I did not want to hear my coach coach me in summer league. I'm here to tell you as a middle-aged old man that how appreciative I was that someone was coaching me when I just wanted to run around and score a lot of points. You just want to get 30 points. That's all I wanted. Because I knew I couldn't do it in the regular season. (laughs) Okay. Kate is being coached. It's key. It's key. And he responded because I know I could give him that ball right now. Let him play the point guard mm-hmm. position at 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. I'm going to say he's at least 6'6". Six, six. I think he's 6'6". Six, six, six. Six. Yeah. So I thought the Summer League, the Pistons did a great job of utilizing what Summer League was for. To coach and teach and, and say, this is how this is going to translate in November, yeah. in December, yeah. in January. Because guess what? Jeremy Grant's on your team. He's the number yes. one option. You know, Sadiq Bay might, might, might be the number two option. You might be the number three, option. number four option. So you got to get used yeah. to it. Yeah. And I think this will be very beneficial to him moving forward. And you can always climb that pecking order, you know, especially once you get the ball in your hands, then all of a sudden you're the number three, number two. Right. And who knows? Maybe the number one option. Uh, speaking of options, uh, one last thing, BJ, before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you about Midas uh, is... He, he is reading all the Ben Simmons rumors and rumblings, uh, you know, that are going on. About a lot ben of conversation. We, have, we haven't had Ben Simmons conversation here in, in a couple of well, weeks. So let's get a little Ben Simmons. I, here. Yeah, I, I really wanted Ben to play on Team Australia. That's obviously long gone at this point. Um, but Australia does well. They get their first medal. Uh, Dante Exum, Matisse Teibel, uh, Patty Mills, that whole group. I'm happy for them. Uh, but Ben... Um, th- there's just a lot of headlines, BJ, a lot of, you know, suggestions. So wh- what would, you, what would be the best advice we have, uh, you know, one for Midas and then one for, you know, Ben himself. Cause I, I do feel like Ben just needs to play basketball and, and why, why can't he just go back to Philadelphia and have a good year and bounce back from what happened in the playoffs? I mean, he had a great regular season last year. People forget this. And, uh, I think he could run it back and I think doc might be the right coach for him, but all signs are saying he wants to, that it's irreparable. He, he wants to go somewhere else. He wants to go to the Warriors, all this different stuff. So how do we nip this in the bud and try to get Ben back? Well, what perspective you want me to take this from? Let, let, let's start. Let's start with Ben. Let's just start with what, what's going on with Ben. What do I think personally what's going on with him or? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah, yeah. I want to be very careful with Ben because I, I'm a, yeah, be care- I, I, yeah. but I want to, I want to, I want to tell it like it is. Yeah. Personal, my personal, opinion of Ben. I think Ben is a really, really, really good basketball player. 
Like I and a unique yeah, player. I, I, I really I'm I'm a huge fan of Ben Simmons because why am I a fan? Because he 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 has all the intangibles that you would want for someone. He has size. He's very unselfish. He has the ability to play 94 feet on both ends of the court. Yep. He can defend multiple positions. His basketball, you know, ability and ability to play within the framework of a team is is at an all-time high. Okay? Yeah. He can feed the post. He can play from the post. He finishes with either hand. He just does so many marvelous and wonderful things as a basketball player on both ends. Okay? We can... We can Continue to single out what he doesn't do well, which is to shoot perimeter shots. He, he hasn't shown the ability to do that yet. But defensively, he's a first-team all-defensive player. He's one of the few guys that can guard one okay, through five. Literally. Okay, literally. Mm-hmm. He, so he's an exceptional player. Now, what I've learned about really, really good players is they're very prideful people. This man has pride. But sometimes mm-hmm. our pride gets in the way. Pride is the devil. Okay. That's what J. Okay. Cole said. So the thing that I, I always admired about the great players that I played with is that if you're going to be a great player and you're going to truly reach, truly reach your full potential, because Ben Simmons is still a work in progress. Yes. Okay? I want to make sure... The difference between that era and this era is the players were coming in 15, 20 years ago. They were ready to go. Ben Simmons Mm -hmm. is still a work in progress. Yeah, developing. At some point here, as a player, especially the great players, they have to make up their mind and say the following. Am I a coachable player? Mm-hmm. Because some players, they turn it off. They turn off being coached. Guy starts averaging 25, 30. He goes, hey, I'm good. I'm comfortable with being. T- I got it. Yeah. Do you want to improve on the defense? No, that's not what I do. I just get 25 <laughs> and 30. Do you want to rebound? No, that's not what I do. Do you want to win? Mm-hmm. No, that's not what I want to do. I get 25 a night. Y'all figure out the rest. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some players, some players do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But the great players, the great, I'm talking the great, the elite players who reach their optimum, whether you're a role player, a, a star player, a bench player or whomever, you have to make a choice. Am I a coachable player? And right now, Ben Simmons, you are being coached by a Hall of Fame coach. And I don't know this answer because there's only one person that can answer this. You are being coached by a Hall of Fame coach. Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons would agree with this. He's an unfinished product. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me so intrigued with Giannis. As great as he is, 
If he just turned he off the coaching potential. right now and said, hey, man, I'm good. I'm good right now with being Giannis. That's good. I mean, you, you couldn't argue with that. But you will always say he could have been. He yeah. should have been. You will say that at the end of his career. Yeah, it's, it's the Shaq when Shaq jokes about his free throws. He was like, could've, if I could have gotten it to 65, 70%, I, I'm in a different yes. category, you know? Ben Simmons has to figure out the voices he's going to choose to listen to. Ben Simmons, not me, yes. not the media. That, that is not, not, that, that is how not, I feel. Not, not, yep. not his friends or whoever he, he's got to figure out. Only he can figure this one out. Because Ben Simmons, uh, if I, you know, but this is this is my ego talking now. If I could coach Ben Simmons, I know I got something special. I know I can win 50 games with Ben Simmons as my best player right now in the NBA, as is. Do I think I can win a championship as is? Well, that's going to be very, very difficult because he's unfinished. I got to have an ability to score in the playoffs because it's mm-hmm. a different game. Mm-hmm. I have to have the ability to score from the perimeter if I'm going to take advantage of what he does getting to the basket. Because the teams will just literally sink in the paint. But I know that Ben Simmons is good enough right now to help me win a game, win 50 games or more as the best player on my team as is. And and that's why a trade seems ridiculous, in my opinion. Well, if I'm the Sixers, there's no way so, so I'm making a trade. So Ben Simmons, my challenge to Ben Simmons is, you are great. There's no denying that. We can sit here and they can debate about all those other things. Hey, leave that for the experts. Ben Simmons is great, okay? Either you have great talent or you don't. It's very, very simple. Well, he has great talent. Yes. Okay. Now, Ben, how great you want to be? Because if you want to be great, we got a Hall of Fame coach. We got a Hall of Fame talent next to you. It doesn't matter. I I don't care what Hall of Fame coach he decides to listen to. Just make sure whatever voices or voice you decide to listen to, that it's lined up with the choice that you make. Because Mm. what I want for Ben Simmons, I wish I could coach Ben Simmons. I really do. Because I'm going wow, he's, he's strong, he's fast, he's, he can pass. I mean, the yeah. intangibles of the game, I mean, his instincts, he plays in the passing lane, he can block shots. I mean, shot. he's a weapon to have hey, on man. defense. You hey, can throw hey, him on whoever's man. high. They can I mean, sit here, all those other people can yeah. sit here and devalue him. But when you look at his game, you're going, that, that, that young man, that just he's had, he has gifts. And, and what I really love about him, is he can play with great players because he he can affect the game without scoring. Yeah. Like, if you put him next to Giannis, he's great. If you put him next to Kawhi, he's great. If you put him next to LeBron or Anthony Davis, he's great. You put him against Joel Embiid, he's great. Imagine him playing next to Kevin Durant. He's great. He, he can fit in anywhere because of what, how he plays. You could put him next to Damian Lillard. He's great. You can put him with the Warriors. Mm. He's great. So I'm saying the following. Ben. Ben. Whatever voices you decide to listen to. Whatever voice is going to equal your choices. 
because that young what, man could be. What if those a voices tell him to sit at? Like, what happens if he sits I, out? I, I, I have no idea. That? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't. Yeah. When you're this great, you have so much pride. Like, it, yeah. you can't be great without it. It's just mm-hmm. it, it's. Everyone talks about being great, but Ben, I mean Ben Tate. In order to be <laughs> a great player, there has to be. I hope Ben's listening. There has to be a level of dysfunction that you have to have. This is why I have so much respect for the game. This is why I'm always like, why are we talking about who's the GOAT? Like, there has to be a level of dysfunction that's necessary to be a great player. You can't be a great player and be a nice kid. And I don't like saying that because you can take it out of context. You can't be a no, nice I know what you're saying, you though. can't be a nice kid and be a great player. And for those who are great players and those who are players understand what I'm saying. Ben, Tate, in order, I mean, Tate, would, in order yeah. to be a great player and reach your true potential, Tate, you have to have the ability to tune everybody out and not care anymore. And Tate, that's not a natural thing. It's hard. Tate, you can't be a great player and be concerned about what your teammates are thinking. This is really hard. This is hard for me to tell kids when they start telling me they want to be great. No, you really don't. Well, because it's a lonely journey. It's not a lonely journey, Tate. It's it's a dysfunctional journey. (laughs) It's not normal. You don't reach Mm -hmm. this level of excellence and say you do it with great humility. There takes a certain level and a certain person and a certain type to reach that level. It takes a certain teammate to understand what that person is going through so that that person can be who they're supposed to be. You don't just get great being great. No, it's a lot of people, coaches around you that says, okay, I understand. I understand. So... Watching Giannis ascend to this level, I, I, have a, I have such a level of respect because very rarely do you persevere for this length of time in one mm. place. Mm. I understand truly why these players go from team to team now. So y'all call it building super teams. Super teams. No, yeah. no. I understand why the players are going because the players are trying to learn how to be the best version of themselves. See, most of them think that these players are going to these teams because they're just sitting around going, Hey man, no, they're trying to be the best version of themselves. And they're trying to understand how to be like you said th- their their talent isn't fully developed yet so they still are trying to develop it and and when you're lebron james and you've been in cleveland for what was it seven years and then pat riley's sitting there and pat riley has the secrets I, you want to you want to be able to develop your greatness understands yeah. the dysfunction that's mm-hmm. necessary to be the best version of yourself see he understands Y'all watch Magic Johnson, you see the beautiful smile and the passing and the pointing and showtime and all those things. <laughs> I know who he really is, though. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> See, Pat Riley <laughs> can share who he really is. Y'all watch the Come Fly With Me videos and, and, the, and the Looney Tunes <laughs> and, and all of that. Gatorade commercials. Okay, yeah, and the McDonald's, McDonald's commercial. Yeah. And, okay. <laughs> I know who he really is. <laughs> you, you understand? So yeah, when you start yeah. talking to me, you start talking person. to me yeah. about the perception and the truth, these young people are looking. I understand Kevin Durant. I understand. I understand LeBron. I understand mm-hmm. that a lot of people who are talking about it may not understand, but I understand those kids and why they're doing what they're doing. I understand it. And I'm not here to knock it. I'm not here to, but I understand because in order to be that player, there's something a little different about you. Mm-hmm. There's some, there has to be something a little different about you. And in order for that player to reach that level, that, that's no fun. And, 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 and I'll say this last thing. A lot of times players think they want to do something. They think they want to be great, Tate. And they get to mm-hmm. that level and they find out, no, that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm not and built then, for this. And I then don't people do this. get spooked. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I think that happens a lot yeah, yeah, more and, and, than... See, than, see Tate, yeah. be careful what you ask for. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that, that is the lesson and in t- life I t- mean, t- with these types be, of things. This is, this is, be careful because you think you might want to be a star. Everybody, that's their secret. Oh, man, I want to be a star. No, that level <laughs> of pressure is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's why when you do see a star at any sport or anything in life, you got to respect that person because in order to reach that level, it takes a certain type of person. And that's rare. And a mentality. It's, I mean, it, it, it's it, all it, in my, it, it, it's a mentality. And, and last thing I want to say here, Tate, about greatness. It has nothing to do with your physical ability. See, everybody, this is, this is why I always laugh when I hear guys talking about they working on their game. <laughs> it has nothing to do with physical ability. And all of the great ones will tell you. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with your physical. Does it require a certain level of physical talent? Of, of course, course. Of course. If you want to be great, you got to tap into the mental. Mm-hmm. It's golf. You, I mean, you got to tap. You got. You got to tap into the mental and the spiritual if you want to be that yeah. level. And I don't care what sport it is, and all of them who are great, Brady. I don't care what sport you play. I don't care what you do, CEO. I don't care what you do. If you want to tap into that level of excellence, it requires you to tap into something that not many will do. And it doesn't require anything you do physically. Anything. Mm-hmm. You can have all the physical ability in the world. You can give me, you could take the most physically gifted player ever. Mentally, when I see it with the player, give me that player every day of the week and twice on Sundays. That's why I take Giannis twice on Sundays. Yeah, I, when I see it mentally, I see it. 
I see you it. can't measure this. this is this is the way you can when I see it I go oh mm. and I'm not here to disclose it because I love people's reaction to greatness that's why we're always talking about who's the greatest I just know it when I see it if I knew what it was I would duplicate it I would give it to you Tate <laughs> I don't know how to duplicate it I just know it when I see it and I just know there are only a few people who will go there. And I have the greatest compassion for those people who go there because it's a it's a it's a dark space. It's not a, it's not a mm-hmm. lot of people there. And there's and there, it's not like there's people around you that want you to be there, because like you said, it's they want you to be there. So they don't even know. They don't know where they don't you have are. the directions yeah. to get you there. <laughs> this is yeah, why exactly. they keep this is why they keep searching. Mm-hmm. I get why these young people and what they're looking for. I understand Kevin Durant because I understand what he's looking for. I understand why LeBron and why they're doing that. I understand Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I understand them. I get it. Because when you see it, 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 it changes. They recognize each other. They recognize it. They talk a different language. They carry themselves a little different. The world looks different. When when a player reaches that level, like Brady and them guys, you can see it. Like, oh, you see it. You you just see it. You go, oh. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I heard Iverson, you know, during his Hall of Fame speech, he talks about the first time he played against Jordan and he walked in the game and he said that, you know, it was the Dave Chappelle skit with Rick James where he had an aura around him. You know, there, there's that sense of this guy you know, knows I'm, something. I'm, de- I'm dealing with it. Yeah, he knows something that I don't know and I have no chance. You know what I mean? That, that's kind of how the, the, the feeling goes. <laughs> the, 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 mem- the, the Mamba mentality. Yeah, he, 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 he tried to put it in words when you see it. You you just like, oh, you can't talk about this one. You you can't fake mm-hmm. this one. You can't like just want to be in the club. There's only one way to do it. This is this is and it's to get into that head. It's a mentality. It's a you can't coach it. Can't coach somebody to be great. I you're happy you, to coach you, it when you have when it. You see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what a, what, what, what a Hall of Fame coach told me. He said, BJ, whenever you see greatness, just get out of the way. That's a, that's a requirement to be a great role player. Tate, when I saw greatness, I just got out of the way. I just wouldn't stood in the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, it makes me think of Drew Holiday throwing that lob to Giannis. You know what I mean? Everything in his body said, don't throw this lob. I'm not supposed to do Tate. that. Hold on to the basketball. But you saw Tate. greatness running down full sprint. When you see, <laughs> when you see greatness, Tate, you just get out of the way. <laughs> Everybody can't coach greatness. Everybody yeah. can't play with greatness. I think Ben Simmons is at this point where he's trying to figure out what his greatness looks like. I mean, he's got to look inside. And like you said, he's got to make a decision for himself what greatness looks like. What he wants. And I don't, I yeah. don't know, I don't know what he wants, and and and, and that's that's a, uh, but I all do I know, know this. is if I'm if I'm Daryl, I'm not trading he, him. That's for he sure. He has great great talent. He's very gifted, and uh, as always, my friend, it's a pleasure. Thank you for listening. 
because oh, this uh, is great. This, you know, I mean, the, this is a conversation I, 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 that most people want to have. These young yeah. kids today who are listening, you know, I've been very fortunate. I, I, I've, man, I, I saw a lot of great players. Well, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. a lot. I saw them, I, I, I probably saw four or five. When I, Dr. J, MJ. I saw a lot of great, I don't want to name because you know what I, because I saw some yeah, great I talent. Tough. Yeah, but yeah. I saw yeah, yeah. greatness. Mm-hmm. Like one, I want to, like, just like, for instance, I just want, just one name. Like, I saw Akeem Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. And I saw him step into that space. I saw him step into that space. Like, I, I don't know. I've never been in a space. I just know it when I, I just know it when I see it. And I know it when I saw it. And I remember when he stepped into that space. He had a two-year space of like. Same draft as Jordan. Jordan walks away to baseball I, I, and Akeem just, took over. You, 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 you just see a player step into that space. And when they step into that space, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. And when you see that happen, and you see some of these players, and I'm just, it's just one, you know, I've, and I've been very fortunate that I've seen at multiple positions Little guys, big guys, athletic guys, wing guys. The one of my favorites is when you see a coach steps into that space. Mm. That's one of my favorites. Because as the game is slowing down for the players, I love it when the game slows down for the coaches. Mm. Because when your coach steps into that space, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal thing because you, it's very tough to beat. Or, when you have a team that is physically gifted and they're organized, it's very tough to beat that team. Mm. And that starts with your coach and with your leadership. And when you see, 100%. And when you see a coach step into that space, and I've seen it, like you see it and you'll be like, oh, it's just, a, it's always like a, oh, type moment. It's like, oh, wow. You, you, you'll you just see it. Like, I, I tell you, wish, I wish I could do it. I wish I could bottle it up and say, this is what it is. This is how to duplicate it. Like, I wish I could tell a player how to be great. You can't. Mm-hmm. But when you see it, you go. Only thing you can do is you got to be quiet. Yeah, it's like going to church. You know what and I mean? You, you just got to witness you just it. Gotta, and you just got to watch it. And you go. Yeah, I don't know exactly. how long they're going to stay in that space. It's a reverence yeah, you for just it. stay and yeah. you and you and then you know, I I've also seen players who knew how to tap into that great space. Like Tate, the NBA game here, I could talk for this about ever. The NBA game is a 48 minute game. Okay. The average player can play in an NBA game for 40 minutes. The average player, every player that's in the NBA, he can play the first 40 minutes. The really good players can play from from 40 to about 44 minutes. The great players, the elite players can only play the last four minutes of a game. Every player, a.k.a. winning time, the the last four minutes of a game, only the elite. And I've 
And then I've seen players who understood, okay, I'll just keep the game close for the first 40 minutes. <laughs> and then I take over. And, and then, then in the over. last eight minutes, I will set up the game so that only me and this other player can play in the last four minutes. If there's another player on the floor who can actually play the last four minutes of a game. Tate, there were games that I played in the NBA that Tate, I couldn't play. I didn't have the talent to play in the last four minutes of a game because they were playing a game that was so elite that there was nothing I could do. The referees knew it. The other players on the team knew it. And you just had to witness it and watch it and figure it out. The last four minutes of a game, there's only a few players who could actually do that when you get to the playoffs. And they all know what I'm saying. As crazy as that sounds. Mm -hmm. Well, you play? Well, yeah, I was out there. But those guys were, they were doing something else. That's, that's why when we talk about like a, a Kawhi versus Giannis finals in the last four minutes, you know, those it, two it, going it, at they, each other. They could, Kawhi has the ability to play in the last four minutes of a game. Yes. He, has a, he, he can do that. He could do that. I mean, we saw it he, when he, when he, he won the 2019 finals. He could do that. Yeah. He, 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 no, there aren't a lot of players who can do that. There aren't a lot of them. There are, there are like 25 of those guys that can do that at that level. When that guy is on the floor. So, again, there's levels to it. It's one of the most beautiful things ever. That's what makes the game great. Is that you see some of these players who can reach levels that you go, wow. Mm. And I don't know how we got here, but man, that was fun. That, well, that's fun because that, you know what? I hopefully, hopefully we'll see more of those players coming down, coming down the pipe here in the future. Because it's a great game. It's great talent. And it's a global game. And watching these mm. young players here from all around the world now. Luka Doncic can play in the final four minutes of a game. Yeah, he's going to figure it Luka out. Luka is, he is going to figure it out. I, I can say that, you know, let's go out on a limb. He's going to figure that out. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. If Mark Cuban's flying to Slovenia to give him a Supermax contract. I think we're all pretty sure uh, he's going to get, yeah. It's a respect thing. And I, and I, and, and, That's what yeah, I mean. And I, re that, I respect if you're, if you're willing to do that, then you know that this is a real you, you well, got a real you, one. You respect. Listen, Luca is, is is a very unique unique talent because how many people can go halfway around the world at that age and settle in? Now we know we 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 could talk about the basketball, but this is a lifestyle, different culture, language, food. His family is on the other side of the world. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. So to me, you know, it's about, it says something when you go to someone else's home, right? It says something about yeah. you. It says something about what that person means, right? To me, it just seems like the obvious normal thing to do. Yeah, to, to pay homage back to where he came from and to and, show and, your respects. And, 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 yeah. and I want to say this to all of the next generation of executives. Building relationships, Tate, is an art, okay? The days of I'm the executive, I'm the coach, and you're the player are over. You have what's mm. called now a partnership. 
with everyone involved, right? The owner, the players, the executives, and the coaches. There's a partnership that has to be developed and developed quickly here because you never know because of injuries and trades and all the other things that can tear up your team. You have to have a level of respect to build a team. To me, this is the obvious thing to do. They're making a big to do about it in the media is because probably they're making a big to do about it is because they don't understand how to build relationships. <laughs> right? If I'm going to work with Tate, and Tate and I are going to work for the next seven to 10 years together, it's probably a good idea that I learn as much about Tate as I possibly can. And it's not just <laughs> going to be with him and I just doing this show. I'm going to invite yep. Tate to my house. Tate's going to invite me to his house. And we're going to spend quality time in each other's space so that we can produce the best teamwork and friendship that we possibly can to give the best product that we can. So the fact that they're making like, oh, he's going all the way to Slovenia. No, <laughs> he understand he's entering. Mark Cuban is displaying what's called leadership, people. I'm going to enter into a partnership with this young man. And it's important that he and the people that's most important to him, his loved ones know that we are entering into a partnership. Why would we make a big deal about this? Tate, you and I mm. are about to enter into business together. Wouldn't it only be natural, Tate, for you and I to like, hey, Tate, instead of going out to dinner, hey, man, my, my, my wife and my family want to cook for your wife and your family, and you come yeah, over, yeah, yeah. and let's, yeah. let's share an intimate moment with each other before we have to go out in public. Like, is that, that that's normal. That used to be how life was. <laughs> now we're making yeah. a big to-do about it because- Cuban is displaying actually leadership. Yeah. But people just want, I mean, they, they want the reality TV version, like, you know, the, the, that, the, and that's and, all. And, I'm, and the reason I'm pointing this out is because the next generation, if you want to have a working, a real working relationship with someone, it requires you to put in the effort and the energy, but know how to do it. This is a normal yeah. thing. Like, it's not just text messages of, and yeah, random DMs. All of my and, teammates, yeah. <laughs> we didn't just show up to the game and play. We actually spent time with each other building this trust and relationship before we got to the court. I know you didn't see it. <laughs> I know you don't believe it, but we actually went to each other's homes. We actually visited each other's, you know, like when I was from Detroit, some of the guys would come over to my house. My mom would cook and whatever and <laughs> vice versa. Yeah. So we you don't win a championship by accident. It requires work. I respect what Cuban did. I respect that. He's taken his total front office to see where this young man grew up and to his family. Wow. And now we know him better after we do this. And now we know how to handle him and, and work this relationship in a better, more, you know, human capacity. That's all wow. it is. Like, wow. Like, 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 this is what, I'm, and this is why I'm talking to the next generation is because this is what we did. We just didn't do it in front of IG. We didn't do it in yeah, Twitter. Exactly. It wasn't like, a show. It was just what happened. Yeah. If you're going to win, like what person is not going to, 
get to know the other person if you're going to have a true working relationship. So I thought I would just point that out. No, it's a good point. And it's also, you know, I, I think a lot of times things get, you know, we, we almost think to overthink things too much. I mean, this is just a common courtesy and a necessary cur- courtesy. And like you said, it, it's a it's a leadership move from the Mavs and from Mark Cuban to say, he's our guy. We want to know who he is because we're going to business together for the next decade. And and that that is what it is. It's, it's that Jason it's Kidd, now Jason Kidd has yeah the ability to actually coach him yeah and we and we have a relatable experience like now he knows that jason kidd has showed that he's willing to fly to his home learn Mm -hmm. more about him and now i'm willing to sacrifice maybe more and listen to coach because he's willing to do that for me and yada you know the relationship builds (laughs) as the world turns tate (laughs) hey tate but let's pretend. Oh man, that's great. Cuban's going to Slovenia. Oh, okay, all right. That's yeah, great. yeah. Let's, I mean, hey, that's great. That's great. Hopefully, Ben Simmons will figure this out. Midas is is next to me. He, well, he seems, yeah. I, I. He's just he's seen all the headlines. It be, it's a lot. Wouldn't of, it be great if Ben Simmons invited Doc Rivers to Australia? That's. I would love to see that. That for seems a little like fiction strip at this on point. the Barbie. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> now that would be a headline <laughs> that would be a headline that would be would good. that be great that would see be that good. would be great that's, yeah. that's a start but trust me it's not going to just happen on the first day of training camp if what they're reporting now is true he's yeah. not even returning it's, it's calls that, now i know as i'm saying ben's not going to show up the first day of training with camp, a little shrimp so. on the barbie I in mean, Sydney, Midas my, my, is asking me: Is it inevitable? Is it inevitable that Ben has to leave? Because I don't think it is. I, I think I think he has to play. I think you make him play. Not you make him play. I, but I you think just, you know. I think Ben Simmons. I think this is in Ben Simmons' court. I think mm-hmm. this is a. I I really do. I I think every player mm. gets to a crossroad in their life. And I think Ben Simmons is at that moment of truth. He's at his moment of truth. Well, and this this is the bone thugs moment. This is the moment where he's going to look back on his career and say, "It happened for me, or it didn't." Or that's this is every player gets to this point, right? Because in order to cross over into the threshold of greatness, you have to go beyond even what you thought was necessary. Mm. You don't get to greatness easy. There's nothing easy about getting to greatness. There has to be an unknown. There has to be a level of being uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And you have to get to a place where you say, I got to trust. Ben Simmons is right there. He's going to look back on his career and we're going to say, this is the moment where things went great for Ben or it didn't. And you can point to last year's champion. The, the moment for Giannis was he had a moment where he could have left Milwaukee or he yeah, could have stayed. He got swept. Everyone's telling him to leave. He, he needs did, another teammate. Yeah, yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Every great player Signs is going Max. to get to that yeah. threshold. And here it is for Ben Simmons. And only Ben Simmons can deal with can can make this decision because Ben Simmons is the only one that's going to play. He's the only one. So I don't know what he's going to do. I have no idea. 
But certainly, if uh, I was coaching, I would love to coach Ben Simmons. That's for sure. And I think Doc Rivers wants to coach Ben Simmons, and I think he wants to figure it out. And I, I hope the Philadelphia 76ers... I, I think the best thing that's happened, Daryl Morey, like you said, it's in Ben's court, but Daryl Morey has put out to the world that he is worth four first-round picks and an all-star. You know what I mean? So you talk about your franchise saying that we value your talent. We are saying this is the price for you because this is how much we value your talent. So I think as far as the optics are coming from the inside of the Sixers, I hope that that is trying to curry some favor for Ben Simmons. But like you said, BJ, I think at dinner, uh, in-house, without headlines, without reports, probably could go a long way for everybody. But, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see. You know, I, I, I think Doc Rivers has to ask the question at some point. Um, do you give me permission to tell you the truth? And mm. however Ben answers that question, I think whoever asks him that question first and he answers yes to, I think he will, his game will take off, that organization will take off, that team, his teammates will take off because that young man is a very, very talented young man and, um, Tate, as we go along here, I just got to ask one question to you. When in water, my friend? You got to make waves. This has been Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier. He is BJ Armstrong, and we will see you next week. 